Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. Before we get started with the show, I'd like to thank our sponsor of today's program, Bell Family Chiropractic, located on College Avenue in Santa Rosa. Dr. Scott Bell has years of experience treating people of all ages, strong focus on family. I go there. I brought my son there. If you're experiencing pain, allergies, migraines, or anything that might benefit from an awesome chiropractor, he's open now. So check it out. Enjoy today's show. Welcome to the People Doing Good Podcast. I'm Mariah Volk. And I'm Jerry Robinson. And here we are again, Jerry. You know, I was thinking when we were about to log on to do this today, how much I miss sitting with you in person and doing at Coach's Corner, doing our podcasting there. You know, I just miss, I like seeing you on my screen, but I miss sitting there with you and doing this and cracking up. Like always, right before we press record, you would be laughing. I'm laughing right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? There's, you know, there, there's nothing like being in person, and I, and I understand what you're saying. And uh, but uh, someday it'll, it'll, it'll happen again. It shall happen again. Yeah. So today on today's episode, I'm really excited about this one. We are doing an episode on education and how education has been affected during this coronavirus and distance learning. And we have three guests today. We have Linda Irving, who's the superintendent of Sebastopol Union School District, as well as the principal of Parkside School. Um, We have Sarah Graham, who is the principal of Brookhaven Middle, which is the school my children attend, and Sarah Mejias, who's a fifth grade teacher. And she was also actually my son Levi's teacher back in fourth grade, and now he's in seventh. And so we sat here with these three amazing women who are really taking on this challenge and... um, I was so impressed. I knew what they, a little bit about what they had been doing because I'm on that board, and but Jerry hadn't, and I think you seem to be really impressed with them as well. I really was. You know what? I, I like the way that they all work together. You know what I mean? It's just the job that uh, that they were doing uh, with this situation that's going on is really uh, it's amazing, and it, it's good to know that you know that that that, that Linda's she's out there, she's the superintendent. And she's making sure everything is clicking at the right time. And she's trying to stay ahead of the game and this and that. And uh, I just, I got excited about it because I know these kids, you know, it's hard for these kids, you know, they're not in school, you know, it's a challenge for them because they are at home, but what's going on uh, with Linda and the two Sarahs is that they're making sure that these kids are getting what they need. And what was amazing. Yeah. There's a couple of amazing things um, that, that about them and that, that, that they do, uh, but you know what? I think we're just just going to let them tell us. Let them. Well, tell that's us. right. You know, and and I was thinking about that conversation we had with them, and how there is no expert on this because we have never been here before. So there's no expert to turn to. Oh yes, I am an expert on the coronavirus pandemic in 2020. I mean, this is all new. So everyone, you know, we're really just figuring it out as we go. Um, but. This episode made me think about 
school and teachers and and my experience in school. And in the episode, you will get to hear who Jerry's favorite teacher was in his lifetime. He gives a shout out and you'll have to wait, wait and see. But I started thinking about my favorite teacher. And in sixth grade, I was at Matanzas School in Bennett Valley. And I had a teacher named Mr. McCune. And he was a very handsome African-American gentleman. And he had really good, (laughs) Jerry's celebrating. Uh, Not that that matters, but it's just a fact. And he had the best handwriting I'd ever seen. And he'd write on the board in like different colors. And he's just, he was a neat guy. But anyway, he actually got sick and he left school in sixth grade. And we had a long-term sub and we kept getting different information about where he was and what, how, what, what was wrong with him. And finally, a letter came out to the families that, he had something called AIDS and it was 1987. So AIDS was a new thing and um, they had education for the families. Everyone was terrified because at this time, without a lot of information about HIV and AIDS, it was like, well, my child was in a room with this man and, you know, what if they, they touched him and they have it. And, you know, it was a scary time, but he didn't come back until the end of the school year He got sick really quickly. They didn't have the medications that they have now. And he came back and I happened to be the president of the the school at the time. We had a girl's president and a boy's president. And we had to vote on whether we wanted to plant a redwood tree for him in front of the school or put a plaque in front of the school for him. And he was, you know, he passed away shortly after, but he showed up for the ceremony and we decided to plant him a small redwood tree because he lived in Guerneville and he loved the trees. And we planted this little tree. It was about probably like five feet tall. And I saw him for the last time. He passed away shortly after, like I said. And now every time I drive down Yalupa Avenue, and you'll pass it sometime, Jerry, there's this massive tree. You know, we're talking, you know, Big Daddy. And I remember planting it. So that's kind of long-winded, but that's my story about my favorite teacher. Well, I love, you know, I, I love that because, you know, I know right where Wailupa and and everything is over in that, in that neighborhood. So now I get something to look forward to seeing, you know, other than the destination I'm going to. I see this this beautiful tree and I know there's a story behind it. And, uh, it's, and it's actually somebody that meant a lot to you mm-hmm. and I'm sure several other people, too. Oh, for sure. You know what? I realized, Jerry, you're one of the Wailupa people. There's the Yulupa people and the Wailupa people. My Santa Rosa listeners, I know you're out there. You know what I'm talking about. Wailupa, Yulupa. It's spelled Y-U-L-U-P-A. Jerry says Wailupa. I say Yulupa. Is that what you said was Yulupa? Yeah. You've been saying it wrong all the time. It's Wailupa. Well, no. Maybe I've been saying it wrong. No, you know what, <laughs> we, know what it, we know where it is, though. That's the most important part. <laughs> we know where it is. So um, anything new, Jerry, with your lockdown status? I, you know, I realize now that, you know, um, there are so many different options instead of regular TV. Oh, my goodness. There's so many different other places you can watch documentaries. You can get actually there's some history lessons that were never taught to me in school. I wish they had been taught to me about certain things about about our country and and, and different locations and how things started. And then uh, I, I get a, I really enjoy really true stories. And there's a whole lot of them. And um, America's Book of Secrets. Oh, my goodness. 
It's the most amazing thing. It, it tells you the secrets about uh, the Pentagon. It does a whole series on that. It does a series on Playboy, Hugh Hefner and Playboy. And it's, there's secrets about everything. It talks about Fort Knox, but it's just a great show. I just like that kind of stuff. I, I really do. And uh, so I'm getting a chance to realize I don't really need to flick through this and that, the other channels that you know I normally watch because there's some lot of stuff that I've been missing. And now my eyes have uh, are wide awake and they're open. And uh, I mean, I'm enjoying that. I mean, I'm enjoying watching some things that I should have been watching uh, before. You're catching up. And yeah, that's the, the cool thing too with kids is that it's not just the comedy shows or movies. You can actually find some educational programs like that. And, you know, as we have, we're on the topic of education today. Um, let's roll into this interview with Linda, Sarah and Sarah. And uh, I hope you enjoy the chat. Linda, Sarah, and Sarah, thanks for joining us today. Um, we can see all of you on our Zoom screens. We got Sarah Graham with the beautiful view, Mejias <laughs> with the fan, and Linda, you look like you're at the district office, yeah? I am. I'm at work yeah. today. Yeah. Working hard. So you're working. Are you going into the office every day? What's like the daily life for you right now like? I am going in every day. I must admit, it's not at the crack of eight. <laughs> <laughs> What's eight anymore? <laughs> I do uh, Zoom well into the evening as well. I'm working uh, kind of with state level committees, and some of those take place at four and five o'clock at night. So, well, that's nice. And what about Sarah Graham? Let's go to you. Are you going into the school office to work? Or are you doing it mostly from home? I'm back and forth, a little bit in the office checking on things as needed between the construction and the other stuff that's going on at school. I'm, I'm there. And then I'm also trying to do school with my three kids at home also. And, you know, I, being right in the middle of that as well and managing when they have their meetings and when I have my meetings and who's working where. And we've learned that our internet connectivity is pretty poor and it's taken us this whole time to, um, figure out how to upgrade our system so you know it, it puts into perspective what some of these families are going through when you know i've been on the phone with comcast daily trying to get internet oh here. fun comcast is fun five <laughs> people can be on the internet at the same time because we're all working from home so so sarah now are you, are you in, where are you located are you in sebastopol I am in Sebastopol, right? I, just I outside of city I limits. Just, I just wanted people to know where you, yeah. were, you were having difficulty getting uh, internet. Okay. Exactly. Right. So just outside of city limits. And yes, it's it's been fun. So when I listen to the recording and it's talking about, are you calling for the free internet service that we're providing right now? And I'm thinking if I'm paying for it and I've just spent this much time trying to figure it out, I can only imagine how much, you know, how difficult it is for some of these families trying to get internet connectivity to, you know. That's a lot. And Sarah, Sarah Mejias, you also are the, a mother of three. So this is not just you as a teacher and educator. You're also dealing with this as parents. And so how's that going? Yeah, that's um, a tricky, <laughs> that's been the trickiest part, I think, of this. I think connecting with my students online has been pretty seamless and almost all of them show up every single time, which has been nice. pretty awesome because I think we just really miss each other. Um, but then helping my own children is, 
uh, tricky. It's easier to teach other people's kids. I'll tell you that much. Um, <laughs> teaching my own brings a different level of stress. Uh, and just keeping them motivated because they just feel like it's summer already. And I think that's the other hard part. It got really hot. They didn't have to wake up super early and rush and make lunches and get out the door. So it started feeling like summer for them before it really has been. And so it's even a harder push to get everything finished before the end of this week. It's, I was looking at the numbers today, and I, I believe if I'm correct, it's day 71. So we were basically going into spring break that yeah. never ended right. when this yeah. all went down. <laughs> so that's been interesting. Um, so you're all parents right now. Linda, you have an older son. Is he still at Cal Poly or graduated? Um, he's at Cal Poly doing distance learning, and he's uh, in his fourth year so he's setting up the zoom meetings for the physics department and all the breakout rooms and all that um being the young man of the group so of course he's setting he's your son let's take a charge <laughs> he's, a, he's a cal poly cal you know mustang right isn't that yep. it come right mustangs cal poly mustangs. i was a mustang too uh, <laughs> the old green and gold yeah so yeah, that must be interesting for a college student too, like the perspective of each different age level. And I think Linda, you probably have, as a superintendent, you're the principal also of the elementary school, the different age levels and the different difficulties that come with this situation, you know, from like a TK or kindergartner to an eighth grader that didn't get to graduate. Do any of you have thoughts on that? You have a high schooler, Sarah, and you also have elementary and middle. Yep, exactly. Okay. <laughs> we've, got, we've got our bases covered and every experience in between. But I think that is the trickiest part. I think that's you know, talking with the teachers. You know, that's what they're trying to really manage is you're hooking the kindergartners and the first graders and, and that fine line of helping the parents help them. And then at the same, at the other end of the spectrum is, you know, keeping eighth graders going because you know what, we're still going and you're still going to high school and you still got to get up and, and, you know, you have an angsty teenager who kind of goes, and what's the point? Why do I need to get up at eight? Because it doesn't change. It just makes my day longer. Like as long mm -hmm. as I do what I'm supposed to do, like, what do I really need? Why do I need to get up so early? Or why do I need to go to bed? And so there is, you know, it's a roller coaster all the way around. I think, you know, I, high schoolers looking at college and juniors and seniors and trying to figure out what that looks like for them. I don't think they have any idea. Eighth graders who are, you know, tr trying to transition to high school and, you know, is this going to be an easy transition for them into high school when we don't know what it looks like? It's hard to say. And then you've got the elementary kids who just, like Sarah said, really fifth and sixth graders who just want to connect with their teachers and their and their friends. And so yeah. it's this wild roller coaster of emotion and, you know, experience, I think, at each different age level. I'd really like to shout out our teachers. I, I just can't yeah. say enough about the creativity <laughs> that they've put into this emergency situation. I mean, we were dropped into this with no guidance at all. And I popped into a couple classrooms, you know, where these wonderful kindergarten TK kids are so excited to see their teacher. Um, and then uh, we have in a fourth grade class, they were all making brownies, you know, in different, 
you know, measuring and doing fractions and things, trying to make it fun. And I'm sure, Sarah, you have some examples of, you know, really trying to make it engaging and fun. Um, I've seen some of the memory books that have come out, some of the short videos for Teacher Week. And um, I, th I just think the teachers have been phenomenal. Absolutely. Yes, Sarah, go ahead. What, what about projects and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to agree with Linda. I mean, first of all, you know, we're such a community of teachers both at both sites, at Parkside and Brookhaven. I mean, we, um, I still communicate with my peers that are over there to get ideas. Um, and then I have a great grade level partner that I work with. And so um, being creative in the emergency situation um, and also knowing that this, this is the time of year where we're usually in review. So kind of being able to have that like lightness about it. It didn't have to be like hardcore lessons right now, but you know, we had a meeting today and just planning for the future, thinking about what that looks like and how to make sure that the learning is like academic when they're at home. Um, Cause like I said, we're at the end of our school year. Um, I think it's like a big, a huge point. I had my students do a writing. I talked with the eighth, seventh and eighth grade um, language arts teacher and uh, she said, could you have fifth graders write a letter to their future self that I can hand them at the end of eighth grade? And I just thought that was the coolest idea. You know, we, we plan to see you from fifth grade all the way to eighth till you go off to high school. And so they've been having a lot of fun with it. So kind of like fun things that are still academic, you're still practicing your writing, I'm still editing and giving you comments, but you're doing something that they thought it was, they got a kick out of it. So we're doing stuff like that and we're playing Kahoot. That's an online game that we do. And I do fun. Levi I do one educational. That. Yeah. Levi so it's like I do one educational and then one fun one. And I also read aloud to them, you know, kids that are 10 and 11, you would think that they're over it, but they like begged me to read to them. Um, so I, we finished a book together um, that we had started in school and I brought it home from my classroom. Um, and so that, that was really awesome too. So I miss them. <laughs> I bet they miss you too. Yeah. yeah. Think of Jerry, think about your education. Jerry went to um, what elementary school in Roseland, right? Nope. Bellevue Elementary School. Bellevue. Yeah. We deliver a lot of shoes there. Did you have a, a teacher you remember more than any other? Yeah. His name was Mr. Wagner. <laughs> you got to just remember him. I, you know, it was, actually it was during the time. Yeah. I remember him. Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> what did nope. you like about him? Uh, he was just a, a, a kind soul, a kind person. Um, uh, you know, at that age, when you're young, uh, for me, it was important to have somebody that made me feel like I was at home, so to speak, around my mother and my father. You know what I mean? They were concerned about me in all mm -hmm. aspects, just looking mm -hmm. out for me, so to speak. So when I was at Bellevue, it was just, he seemed to look out for me all the time. You know, just keep an eye out on me and see how I'm doing and talk to me about this and talk to me about that. So... Mr. Wanderer, what a name. <laughs> well, shout out to him wherever he may be. It, it, I think his eyes did do a little more wandering, you know, faculty meetings. But anyway, I'll leave that alone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, you, Jerry, you bring up a really good point that that is part of the role of the teacher, right? Mm -hmm. Is to care for the students. And we have a whole kind of separate agenda with these online distance learning. And it is a check-in. Mm -hmm. It is social-emotional. And um, we're seeing some crisis out there being cooped up, um, parents leaving kids alone. Um, mm -hmm. And we have been providing counseling 
to some of our students along the way, but just because we've moved into this other platform doesn't mean the kids don't have the same needs and um, we're trying to provide those as well. Yeah, you know, um, go ahead, Sarah. Sorry, I heard once, um, I heard it said, I don't know where, um, but they said, you know, there's a, there's probably at least one student in your class that waits the whole weekend to see you again on Monday. And so leaving these kids on, you know, March 13th was our last day of school before spring break. I, I just, it breaks my heart how, you know, what some of their circumstances are and that school was the safest place for them. Um, and so I just think that runs through my head, which is why I make sure that we have our meetings and see each other um, a few times a week. Cause it's just, it's, it's important. I think that's why they show up because they like school, you know? And it's good for the teachers to see it over time, right? Are yeah. some of our teachers have really been paying attention or they've done check-ins with kids and just little surveys that they're sending out, but to watch their answers change over time because after, you know, the week one or two, it was fun. And then yeah. week three, like reality starts hitting in is, mm, I don't know about this. And now week seven and eight, and they're just sort of over it. So, but being able to have that same person check in with these kids and know that. Okay, let me ask you a question, okay? Now, when you do your Zoom, your, your, your classes and stuff, how many people are on the screen? I have, well, the, the most I ever see is 21, but I mostly see 20. I can see 20. Okay. Now, the reason yeah. I ask that is that because, you know, being in a classroom is one thing. Being on a screen to me is something totally different. I mean, as a, as a, as a, as a, as a say I'm coaching, okay, or as a teacher, I get to see everybody's face right here. I'm looking right at you. I'm watching you. I see who's walking in a room behind you. And in the classroom, you know, you're walking around, you're teaching, <laughs> you guys are moving, and people can get away with stuff or nod off or doze off, whatever, blow spit wads or whatever, balls at somebody anyway. But I would think that. <laughs> I mean, you got your view, your vantage point here. You're looking at everybody, and that has to be. Tell me about that. How does that feel? <laughs> I could speak to that. Um, I could tell you that the antics they do in class, they still do at home. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my same kids that raise their hand 90 times just to tell me information about themselves or their parents are still doing that during our Zoom calls. Um, so they're the same, you know. But um, I will say that because we had an in-classroom relationship from August all the way until March, they have a they have a high level of respect for me. So I have a lot of respect in those meetings. I don't feel like they're just ignoring me or they're showing up, but they turn their camera off. Um, I see almost all of my kids, and uh, I just I, I think it's funny how their personality comes through. It's no different. <laughs> 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 and I have a question for Sarah Graham with regards to you're the principal of a middle school um, and you're holding these kids throughout the school year. But now it's come to a, a point where in our current situation, you're holding families to a certain degree and and the families that are really struggling with this. How are you guys dealing with that and supporting them? We've been doing a lot of reaching out. And so we talked about today in our meetings, you know, as we look to the future, it's not just parent education as far as like how to log into Google Classroom and make sure their kids are doing their work. But then it's, it becomes, you know, how to use technology and all of the pieces that go along with that. And then you add in 
if you don't speak English. Now we're translating to Spanish and teaching you how to use technology only to find out what your kid is doing in the classroom or what they're missing and things like that. So this is going to take um, our parent education piece to a whole new level because we're looking to them to be our partners and you know, that's not necessarily culturally always um, what some of our families believe in. They, they turn them, their children over to us and they entrust us with their kids to teach them. And here we're going to have to, you know, um, not put it back on them, but really partner with them to be able to, it, it, it's going to be on both sides. It can't be one or the other. It, it's got to be all of us together. And I think that's huge. And I think that is so awesome. I really do because uh, I felt <laughs> before that sometimes, you know, going to work and they have to do this and they have to do that, and they have to. Their kids get a chance to go to school, so the parents are away from them, and the parents come home, and you know, I just, you know, sometimes it just seems like they're dropping their kids off at school just to babysit them, you know, mm -hmm. and you know, that's the largest <laughs> possibility for teachers. And I've always said this since uh, for two or three decades, or maybe four decades, teachers are the most underpaid people in the profession, in the professional world, than anybody. Because the things that are required for you, you have to be, okay, besides being that teacher, you got to be a, a mother or mm -hmm. uh, or dad, a counselor, or, you know. Nurse. Um, nurse. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, a lot is required from you, from, from you ladies. And then now, with the situation now, you really have to teach the mm -hmm. parents, the older generations, how to get on online how to go to google chrome how to do all these different technical things you know with technology and it's like you're teaching the whole family and this is i take my hat off to y'all because you have a lot of responsibility really do that's right you know i was thinking about it because i uh you know sending my parents an email just letting them know when we first started this you know that they need to remind their student to check google classroom every morning and they should also check their email every day and um, you know the more I wrote the more I realized it was almost like I was speaking a different language <laughs> because I was saying you know and then they need to send this to me via slides and I want to see the share it with me in docs and you know it was just like everywhere and I was thinking this is almost like a new language for a lot of these families and then mm -hmm. with the with the um, translation piece also makes it you know, they can be really scared to try technology in this way. And we have to like give them the confidence and teach them how to do it. Cause most of their, our students are very well versed in tech. Um, we have a, everybody has a Chromebook that they use at school. We've lent out Chromebooks during this pandemic. And I, so our students are really tech savvy, but it's that whole piece of, are they using the technology to get the work done? Right. That's what we're Focusing on. I need to come to your class, Sarah. Teach me something. <laughs> you get to pop in on one of our Zoom classes one time and maybe read them a book. Yeah, that'd be awesome. You're welcome anytime. I'll let one of them read a book to me. That would be great. <laughs> there you go. I have, a, I have a question for Linda. Um, Sarah had mentioned that, you know, the internet connections and stuff like that, problems with being keep people being able to get online, right? And uh, there's a lot of that going on, not just in here, but all over the place. So what happens when, when, a, when, a, when a student has a problem being able to get online? How does that affect, what do you guys do to, to, to either solve that problem or work with that particular kid? Because it should have an effect on their grade. And it's, you know, it's not their fault, it's the internet connection is bad. What do you guys do with that situation? Well, to tell you the truth, it's not an option. 
not having internet right now. So we went and purchased hotspots and okay. surveyed the parents and talked to the teachers to see who hadn't connected. Then I think Sarah and Molly, our vice principal, reached out to all those families and we kind of drilled down to who needed those hotspots. Now, they, they need to get them to work. <laughs> then we also, we, we sent home over 200 Chromebooks, right? Oh. We did a drive-through on the first day where they picked up some packets and some workbooks and different things from the teachers. Then they drove by and got their free breakfast and free lunch. And then they drove to the district office and got their Chromebook. And then now over the duration of the weeks, the Chromebooks come back. Well, they broke, this key doesn't work. And so we've been changing them out. So now we're up to about 250 Chromebooks. Um, but this is, throughout the state, you hear a lot about the great digital divide because mm -hmm. there are families that don't have access um, to internet. And there's been a lot of work at the federal and the state level to try and get that to happen. Some schools are doing mostly paper packets back and <laughs> forth, um, but not us. So initially, when this, when this happened, we launched right into professional development for our teachers using Google Classroom, Google Slides. In the first two days, we provided that training. Um, and then uh, we created a district hub. So you can go to our website, sebastopolschools.org, and you can find the district learning hub, distance learning hub, and each of the teachers update their lesson plan every single week. It's, it's, the idea was that it would be really helpful for parents of multiple children <laughs> go to one site to kind of see what what was um uh what they wanted them to do now i created the site and i took all the teachers pictures and i learned a lot by developing this site and by looking at youtube videos and all that so we're all learning in our own way through this and Linda, you touched real briefly on the food, the students that you have at your school that relied on the free lunch um, and the lunch programs. What are you doing? What are the services look like for those kids? Well, you know, the first day we had 80 students come through. The second day we had 20 and the third day we had 18. So instead, what we did is we directed them to the high school, and the high school district provided lunches for all their feeder elementary districts at El Molino, you know, which is over in Forestville, and in Annalee and Sebastopol. So we actually had a central location here for all families. Oh, that's great. That's good. I'm listening to Linda, and you know what? She saw what the problem was, and she jumped right on it. And that's the most important thing about it. I mean, you, you, uh, you know, that's why you're superintendent. <laughs> no, uh, you know, it's like it's like being a head coach. I'm gonna go this back to sports. It's like being that head coach. You know, it is your team, it's your organization. You got to put the game plan together, and the game plan you put together is awesome. So the, I guess these kids can't say, well, you know, the reason they didn't get their homework in because they didn't have any internet connection. Right. <laughs> like no. dog ate my paper. Jerry, no. <laughs> you bring up a really good point right now because I've said it a couple times lately, because as we plan for fall, right, it's very hard to lead when you don't know where you're going. Mm. It's really <laughs> hard to plan when you don't have a playbook to pull from. Yeah. We have little to no guidance right now. Um, 
the other thing is Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, says, begin with the end in mind. Well, really, what are we doing about that? We're providing an array of scenarios. We're working with the teachers to provide uh, what would traditional look like? What would di better distance learning look like? What would something in between with smaller class sizes look like? To tell you the truth, we have not a lot of guidance. So it's really hard to lead when you don't know where you're going. Yeah, well, you, know, you know what else is that? You know what I'm thinking about this is that you're positioning, you're in a position where you're, make, you're ready to make adjustments. You're making adjustments, and that is the key to success. You, you got to be able to sudden change. All of a sudden, some shows up. Now you have to be able to make that adjustment and that sudden change. Now, you don't know when it's going to happen, but you are preparing yourself for it in the whole district. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. It, always, it reminds me, Jerry, and I, bring, I brought this up several times on our podcast. We've interviewed Ronnie Lott a couple times. He's a great friend of Jerry's and one of the greatest football players to ever play. What are you doing, Jerry? I can see him on the screen. <laughs> but, but Ronnie Lott said that the biggest lesson he took from sport into his life was that you're all about mastering a moment. In a sport, in a game, it's a moment. What's happening right now and what do I need to do to adjust? And that's right, Jerry. That's exactly what you guys are doing with very little guidance and information. You know, they're, calling it, they're calling it the ability to pivot <laughs> and uh, being nimble. So both those right. things I think apply to, you know, football. <laughs> Sports, I got you. Very <laughs> simple. <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> so, you know, our podcast, I think, Linda, you've heard it before. I don't know if either of you have, but we're all about positivity and um, sharing stories of people doing good. And right now, teachers, administrators, you guys are on the front lines of this situation. And what I see in front of me on my Zoom screen, listeners, you can't see, are three enthusiastic, smiling um, people ready to do the job and take it on. And I really appreciate that. We're not here talking about, oh, God, this is such a bummer. We had to do this. It's like, okay, we're faced with these challenges. We're in it together, and let's move forward and, you know, pivot. Yeah, I think that's what teachers are known for. I mean, teachers are problem solvers, you know, and so I just think this is our biggest problem to solve. And like Linda was saying in our meeting, we had a meeting before this, um, you know, that more brains together thinking about it are going to be better than just her trying to figure it out by herself. So I just think with all these problem solvers and a really close-knit um community of teachers that we are going to figure it out and I think the majority of us I don't know really anyone who doesn't feel like we will we will get it done because we always do <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. and if anything we've learned that in the last couple of years since I've stepped into the role of administrator from yeah. being a teacher for 17 years I mean we've gone from floods to fires to pandemics <laughs> like we are you know there was no playbook for any of this when I stepped into this job and yeah. you know we're doing it and our teachers are doing it and you know our families are showing up and that's all we can ask for because you know it is it's all about the kids it's all about the kids and you know I do a, quite a bit of youth mentoring and I have around the area for years now and when I talked to some of my teenagers that were struggling with this my my I kept going to you know during this type of adversity that's when real leaders emerge that's when you have to think outside the box like mm -hmm. go there be one of those people have the new idea you know I think that it's an opportunity mm -hmm. to create something new because we have to the old way isn't happening anymore and the ability to collaborate, it's just more challenging, 
but I think <laughs> we've been able to figure that out even on a our our staff meeting had 22 people on it. My um, our admin curriculums have a hundred and something mm -hmm. people on mm -hmm. them. So, uh, and teachers, our teachers have the ability to collaborate just together, really tight group. But to try and keep that going, and, and that is a powerful creativity, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And go ahead, Chair. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm listening to it, and it just you guys. Excuse me for going back to to, to the sports. <laughs> <laughs> we need it. We need but, it. Everybody understands sports. Everybody understands. It could be different, you know, hockey, baseball, softball, whatever it is. Everybody understands the game of sports. Yeah. Athletics. And it's just I'm listening to the three of y'all and I'm taking out of this what I'm taking out of this is Linda, you have a great group of teammates with you. And that's what makes a successful team. People willing to do whatever they have to do to get it, get the job done. Not caring about who gets credit for it. It ain't about credit here. Let's just get it done. And the communication sounds like the communication that you have with everybody in your district. That is that's 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 a recipe for success. And I'm just I'm excited about it. You know, I feel I'm fortunate. I feel good for the kids and the parents also that are in your in your in your district because you guys are real winners and it's a great team that you guys have and you know if whenever you need me to come out there and shout at somebody yes. i mean not yell at <laughs> motivational type of thing uh you know how to get me so just be expecting some hugs perfect <laughs> we love it on a more serious note what are you guys watching on netflix because Jerry, Jerry's just getting caught up on Ozek. We like to ask our guests, what are you, if you're not watching anything, what are you cooking? Because you're doing one or the other. I know we all are. Um, Jerry's, have you, are you caught up on Ozark yet? Or are you still going? Oh, I'm dumb at Ozark. Okay. What's, what are you on to now? Well, I asked you know what? I had recorded something on the, uh, on the, on the machine in there back on uh, December 12th. December 12th. And uh, so Ellen and I sat down, and it was this this uh, documentary on Garth Brooks. Oh, cool! Oh my God, I watched this for two days. I watched this, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, "That's a bad man." I mean, he sold more records than anybody in the history yeah. of humanity. He was <laughs> the you can think of anybody one thing about Garth Brooks was a bad man. I tell you when his concerts and, and the, some of the songs that he has, it's just, you know, as a matter of fact, I wish I would have I, I got me a cowboy hat. Okay. <laughs> we'll add a, a photo of you on the link and show notes to this episode in the cowboy hat. I hope but what do you Sarah Graham, you first. What do you watch? First. What do you think? Let's see. We oh, it. It's my kids that are doing all the cooking and they're leaving yes. dishes for me, right? Oh God, I've never done so many dishes in my life. <laughs> they want to know why the dishwasher runs four times a day now. I don't know. <laughs> but let's see, I've done everything from Michelle Obama's uh, Ooh, I need to do that. on that Netflix to, I think, what is it now? Sweet Magnolias? Okay. But I started. Mejias? Okay, so I'm, well, I'm actually, I got a Hulu account throughout all of this because <laughs> I feel like I've, I finished Netflix. But anyways, um, so I'm watching, um, I ha I'm watching this, my uh, hairdresser, because I was texting with her when, you know, we're doing hair, whatever. And, and she told me I had to watch the show called The Act. So if you have Hulu, I highly recommend it. Okay. Um, 
It's a real story um, acted out by actors um, about a mother and daughter and um, kind of like that, you know, that Munchausen syndrome by proxy where the mother creates, says the daughter is sick in all these ways. Mm. And it's a true story. And I like crime things. So it's really got my attention right now. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. Linda. Yeah. Well, I don't really cook. So I do a lot of takeout. Um, but I did just today disconnect my direct TV. Yeah. And so I'm just fire sticking, um, really writing down all these great ideas. And I just check them out. So my favorite movies so far, if you like the Beatles, I don't know if you've seen Across oh. the Universe. No. It's really, it's really good. It's really cute. Um, Green Book. It won Best Picture. It won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back. Okay. Uh, you know, a green book it were the hotels that black people could go to in the 60s, right? And the guy's a musician. Mm -hmm. I've it's seen really, it. really good. Um, yeah. And The Upside. If you need an upside kind of movie, The Upside's real good. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing. I, I like the series thing, you know, Handmaids and oh, yeah. Ozark and, and all that. But I, I like, I kind of want to get to the end. Um, <laughs> and I, and if there's an entertainment value that you just have to like be in the moment, you know? Yeah. No, I get it. I've been guilty of going and reading the last page of a book after being only <laughs> in because I have no patience, it. you know, you just want to, okay already what happened? Um, yeah well anyway uh, thank you all three of you for taking the time to sit down with us and I hope that anyone listening right now can understand our appreciation for everything that you're doing and we just have nothing but gratitude and respect and want to thank you and if any of you have any last things you want to say well we got our listeners the people doing good podcast listeners out there any last well, gonna, words I got I got a shout out to Mariah Oh, yeah. You're a school board trustee for yeah. the district, and that is a volunteer position. Yeah. Um, but also Thanks. the good work you do through this podcast and your Shoes for Kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, oh, thank you. Really overflowing, and we're so lucky to be recipients of your, of your love and care. Exactly. So. Oh, Absolutely. thanks so much. I appreciate that. And I, I can't do any of it without Jerry. He's the vice president of Shoes for Kids, you know. And of course, I couldn't do the podcast without him. <laughs> so he's part of my team. So if you thank me, you're thanking him too. Right on. Well, listen, Linda and the Sarahs, thank you guys. <laughs> the Sarahs. The Sarahs, yeah. Sarah one and Sarah two. That's right. <laughs> One A. There you go. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, get back to your dishes and your families and your whatever. Just have a nice evening and try to stay cool, Tom. All right. Thank you, guys. Good talking to you. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of our podcast. We hope you enjoyed Linda, Sarah, and Sarah. Thanks to the three of them for taking the time and for taking care of our kids and all of the families right now during this time. Uh, you know what? Once again, I, I, I saw the teamwork and I heard the teamwork and that's and that's what's important to me. And that's what was displayed. And that's what I heard. They have a great team in Sebastopol, you know, with Linda being a Linda running the show as a superintendent so i feel good about that and i'm sure there's a lot of other school districts that are doing the same things i don't know for sure i hope that they are but i truly enjoyed listening to 
Linda and the Sarahs. <laughs> and the Sarah, that could be like a band. Linda and the Sarahs coming at you. Um, yeah, thanks again to Sebastopol Union School District and to all of the school districts that are doing their thing. You know, we can't talk to all of them, but um, we believe that everyone has a good intention and they're out there with their kids' best interest in mind. This is the next generation, you know. Um, so and while we're, while we're expressing gratitude, I want to thank again my dad and the Dirt Roosters for our cute jingle. The people doing good. Um, we, we wouldn't have that without him. And for all of you for continuing to listen to our podcast, we're going to keep coming at you. Please give us a, a like on social media. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. We're on Twitter as well. Um, follow Jerry Robinson, too. His Instagram is heating up. Jerry. And follow Mariah Volk, too. And, <laughs> and make sure you subscribe. <laughs> and also Mike from Fresno. Well, well, that's a bit too much. Let's just, you know, just piece by piece here. Um, but a big, huge thanks to Bell Family Chiropractic, our sponsor of this episode. Thank you, Scott Bell. We appreciate you. If you need a chiropractor, he's open for business now. Um, so check it out. You'll feel so much better. Thanks, Scott. And today's word for Mr. Robinson's neighborhood. Beautiful things happen when you distance yourself from negativity. Thank you for listening to this episode of the People Doing Good podcast. The Feel Good podcast. See you guys. Bye. People Doing Good podcast is brought to you by Shoes for Kids. For more info, visit shoesforkids.com. It is created and hosted by Mariah Volk and Jerry Robinson. Produced and edited by Charlene Goto of GoTo Productions. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment wherever you get your podcast media. Follow on social media at One Good Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Email us at peopledoinggoodpodcast at gmail.com.